The readings today cause me to think about one of my favorite passages from Scripture, Luke chapter 7, verses 31 through 35. And Jesus says, Then to what shall I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? They are like children who sit in the marketplace and call to one another. We played the flute for you, but you did not dance. We sang a dirge, but you did not weep. For John the Baptist came neither eating food nor drinking wine, and you said, he is possessed by a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you said, look, he is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is vindicated by all of her children. I like this passage because it reminds us that faith is ever an incomplete journey. We are always, in the words of St. Augustine, incurvatus est, that is, turned in on ourselves, always closed against God's complete revelation to us, always missing something because we refuse to see it. And this passage, too, speaks to the church. Because of the effects of sin, this pilgrim church on earth is always in imperfect communion. Always it is a house divided because the church is large enough that some Christians can content themselves with making a small corner of it the totality of their faith. And from that small corner, they shut themselves off to the fullness of God's mystery. C.S. Lewis once wrote, about these sad divisions among Christians seen from the perspective of eternity. He wrote, Some were all rules and relics and rosaries. Others were all drab clothes, long faces, and petty traditional abstinences from wine or cards or theater. Both had in common their self-righteousness and an almost infinite distance between their actual outlook and anything that God is or commands. We see in the first reading today that after Saul was converted by his encounter with the risen Christ, the rest of the apostles had trouble accepting him as one of their own. Well, of course they did. This was the same Saul that had just previously been breathing murderous rage against the Christians and had went to track them down to deliver them back to the temple authorities in Jerusalem for judgment. Yet despite all of the miraculous conversions that the followers of Jesus had witnessed, indeed the miraculous conversions that they themselves had undertook in coming to follow the Lord, they couldn't accept Saul's conversion at first. That would be a bridge too far. No, because he was their enemy. Let's face it, we all do this in our own lives. There are some people we don't really want to forgive and make peace with. There are some people we don't really want to love. There are some people's help or advice we don't really want, no matter how objectively good it is. There are some ideas or opinions that we don't want to hear because of the person who espouses them, because we've put that person or persons in the category of enemy or opponent. We've declared them ritually unclean. We close ourselves off to the possibility that God can work through them even unto us. We forget the words of St. John, 
God is greater than our hearts and knows everything. How we feel about someone or something is not necessarily a reflection of the divine reality. In other words, how God sees that thing or person. St. John reminds us that as Christians, that love and forgiveness and reconciliation are not mere words. He wrote, let us love not in word or speech, but in deed and truth, which means learning to love the unlovable, forgiving the unforgivable, seeking to make common cause even with our enemies, seeing the goodness even in those whom we despise, acknowledging in some cases the good that they do. These readings remind us, and indeed the season of Easter should remind us, that as Catholics, we have to be open to the goodness of the whole world, because all things are branches emanating from the vine. In other words, all things are the creation of God and are subject to him. That's not to say that there is not evil in the world. Of course, there is. But God created the world and everything in it. Nothing comes forward in deed and in truth that is not from him. That which bears good fruit comes from God. God's judgment will take care of that which does not bear fruit. He will prune the branches because he is the vine grower. But for our part, we must content ourselves with being the best branch that we can be. God will take care of the other branches in his providence. Our job is not to close ourselves off into a false reality that puts limits on God's grace. That's not to say that God doesn't ask us to look at things and to judge them, but it does say that we don't necessarily know what is ultimately redeemable. We must seek to remain in the Lord so that the Lord will remain in us. As Catholics, our fundamental orientation to the world is not judgment. It is not condemnation. It is not fearfulness at what others might do. It is not division or who's in or who's out, who's right or who's wrong. Rather, as Gaudium et Spes, the pastoral constitution on the church in the modern world from the Second Vatican Council reminds us, the Christian looks at the world and sees fundamentally not tragedy, but triumph a world created and sustained by its maker's love. Yes, indeed, fallen into the bondage of sin, but yet emancipated now by Christ, who was crucified for the sake of our redemption, so that the world might be fashioned anew according to God's design and reach its fulfillment. In the book of Acts, we learn, the church throughout all of Judea, Galilee, and Samaria was at peace. It was being built up and walked in the fear of the Lord, and with the consolation of the Holy Spirit, it grew in numbers. Our challenge in this Easter season is to make this reality present in our own church. We do that by healing the wounds of the church with love and reconciliation, not more hatred and division.